Welcome back, my beautiful black people, to another episode of Talk It Up with Tierra Monique. My name is Tierra Monique, and it is time to talk it up. I know you heard me say welcome back, my beautiful black people. I welcome everyone to today's podcast, but it's specifically to my black and brown people. The ones who, if I was in a lineup with someone would say I'm black. They wouldn't just say I was light-skinned. They would say I was black. And this week, this past week has been very somber. I apologize in advance if you hear outside things outside of my voice because I am outside right now in my car. Um, And the sound that you hear in the background is um, a neighbor cutting their grass. But today... um, If you have already gotten the notion of what today is going to be about, it's not going to be about laughter. It's not going to be about fun times. It's going to to be about when I became black. Last week, May 27th at 11.33 a.m., I wrote some words down on a paper after... I cried for a little bit. I took a pause from work and I cried because I remembered what I saw the day before. I remembered what I saw over the weekend when another black man was murdered in the street in front of so many people shouting and telling a white police officer to stop. To stop and take his knee off of this black man's neck. And as I watched this man's life leave him, and I say watch very loosely because I did not watch the full video. I I saw a picture. When the video started, I stopped it because I did I couldn't I couldn't bear to watch another video of this excuse me but I did um I watched I saw I watched up the first part and I cut it off and then I later on when I scrolled down my timeline um I saw someone had did a, a screenshot of a picture they took a picture of of what was happening and the picture was so startling so appalling so horrific that I didn't even need to see the whole video. I already knew what took place. I already knew what the ending was. I saw it and it just took me back to slavery. I wasn't there, but my ancestors were. Seeing that police officer looking straight into the camera of a bystander filming him with his knee on that man's neck. It just took me back to all the video images and picture images that I've seen of black people who were in who were slaves, how they were treated, how they were beaten, how they were hung from trees, how they were just day after day mistreated for the color of their skin. 
And not only did it happen in slavery, it happened so many years later. It just kept happening and kept happening. And it's still happening. Yes, we are free to go to the same grocery store as our white other white Americans. And we are free to um, live in the neighborhoods that they live in. But are we really free? Are we really free in their eyes? Are we really equal in their eyes? When they look at us, do they, do they see a person? I heard a pastor today. Um, on a timeline someone posted on Instagram and and what he said was biblically we are a human race biblically we are a human race so if we are a human race biblically why can't we be a human race even if you don't even believe in Christianity we are still a human race blood still flows through all of our veins we all have a heart we all have the same body organs in our body that have to do the same job every day to keep us alive to keep us well we all have to do the same we all have to do the same thing every day to live and I'm not talking about working or to survive in the streets because of our financial class but I'm just saying waking up in the morning and breathing in through our lungs we all have to do that of course there are some people who don't have that luxury anymore because they have to breathe through a machine or a ventilator or through uh, oxygen tubes but the majority of us have to wake up and breathe through our lungs and out through our nose and out through our mouth We breathe in, we breathe out. We breathe in, we breathe out. No one is better than the other person. And I cried, I cried not only because I felt so much sadness for him and how he was treated like an animal. I felt so much sadness for his family. I felt so much sadness sadness for the community of black Americans who have to relive this every time. But I thought about my son, my sons, but especially my my teen my my oldest, my teenager cuz he likes to go and run in the morning and I try to tell him don't do it. Don't go run in the morning. And he finally listened to me and and um uh I thought about him and then I thought about myself. And the truth is, y'all, for so many years, I did not proudly identify with being a black American as much as I wanted to identify with being the other race that flows through my body, and that's Puerto Rican. My mother is black and and my father is Puerto Rican and and all my life I was so much I I yearned so much more to be Puerto Rican than I did to be black and and I thought about I thought about why why is that and I know a piece of it was because my dad left when I was young and so I yearned for him for so many years that because of that I gravitated to try so much to be that to just be that, just to be Puerto Rican, but there's there's two sides of me. 
And because there are two sides to me, those two sides make up who I am. And one side is not better than the other. They're both beautiful. They both make me unique. They both make me Tierra Monique, if you will. But I was so sad. I was kind of disappointed in myself of how I looked at my own black community. And I don't want to take away from what's going on. Sometimes we can grow up and we can be prejudiced against our own people sometimes based on where we live. If you've ever, if you live in a city and if your downtown is worse than your uptown and you go, oh no, I'm not going down there because of crime or because of the type of people that are down there, then you, you can relate to what I'm saying. We just, as African-American women, embrace how beautiful our hair is and the texture that it is. It's this big boom of natural hair women. Not to say that we didn't before, but now we're just like, oh, you know, it's this pushback on, on getting perms and trying to look like, trying to look European but actually embracing our heritage as black women, that our texture comes in different grades of texture, whether you are, what is it, 4B or 4C or 4E, whatever it is. And just like our hair comes in different textures, so does our skin color, so does our personality, so does um, our the way we live, the way we grew up, comes in different layers. We are like an onion. There are so many layers to us but we're needed. We are we are an important ingredient in the recipe of life. And I felt ashamed of myself because for so many years I gravitated towards my Puerto Rican side, my dad's side. I don't speak a lick of Spanish, <laughs> but I was so proud. I used to, growing up, I used to uh, get, uh, I, I went and bought everything Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican flags, Puerto Rican this, listen to Puerto Rican music. And there's something wrong with being proud of, of where you come from, but when you purposely don't embrace the other side of you then it becomes a problem it becomes a problem I've never um I I hate using the word never but I have I have not been aware of any time where I was treated unfairly um oh I'm sorry I unfairly I apologize unfairly because of this um the color of my skin but there have been times where I'm aware of it. Like it's, it's not like in my face as far as like no one's came up and said anything bad to me or called me out of my name or um, because of the color of my skin. But 
if you're like me and you've been black all your life, <laughs> uh, you've gone into a beauty supply store that was not owned by African Americans and they were owned by another race and you were looked at specifically as someone who's coming in here to steal or you were watched very carefully as you were in a store in a convenience store because because of the color of your skin you're automatically put in a category in a box of you're a thief you're a robber you come here to kill steal and destroy like the devil and because of this because of that narrative because of that thought those thoughts and that thinking we live in a in a country where a black man can be killed in broad daylight and the person who killed him was supposed was supposed to be someone who's supposed to protect and serve him not to kill him the black man has so much on his shoulders already that fearing death from walking down a street from minding his own business by the people that he pays out of his tax dollars to protect and serve him should not be a factor I'm not going to break today for a sponsor because I do not feel like it is important So for a sponsor, if you're looking for a sponsor, the sponsor is Jesus Christ. He sponsored me, gave me breath today to talk to you about how I feel about the death of George Floyd. About the death of so many black Americans who died because they were black. And yes, I know on the other side of the street, you're going to say, well, there are black Americans killing black Americans all the time and yes there is black on black crime there is white on white crime there is Latino on Latino crime there is crime I'm not negating the fact how horrible that is I'm not I'm not saying that that death is okay but this death is not okay no death is okay no one should die from gun violence no one should die from being domestically abused no one no one should die but when we live in a society where our police officers are groomed and trained to fear us then what do we do how many more marches? How many more protests? How many more riots do we have to have? How many more tears do mothers have to shed? Fathers, family members. Why can't we live in peace with one another? And I'm not going to make this long today. But I wanted to say this. So there were so many, like I was saying before, 
There were so many times where I did not embrace my blackness. And rightfully so. I shouldn't say that. Not rightfully so. I know that I was influenced like other many other many Americans was influenced by by the media, by what I saw on TV. So all I I grew up in the projects. I didn't even know I lived in the projects, but I grew up in the projects. We didn't live there long, but I was there. And uh, we moved around quite a bit. But on TV, I saw more violence being started than being stopped by black Americans. All I saw growing up, all the movies, if you watched a movie and it was gangbangers or someone broke the law and the police had to come and arrest somebody, it was always a black person, always a black person. And they were never light-skinned black people. They were always dark-skinned black people. So when I got older enough to understand right from wrong, I still chose to shy away from some of my dark-skinned black Americans, my community, my people. And I don't, I don't think I was doing it aware of myself. I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. But as I reflected back last week, when I was sitting there crying, I, re, I, re, I remember how many times if I was walking down the street and I saw a dark-skinned black man walking nearby, how afraid I would get. And he probably was on his way home just like I was on my way home. But society made the the dark-skinned black man a criminal, a violent man, only out to kill, steal, and destroy like the devil. And the black man in America is nowhere near that. He's not the devil. God created him just like he created you and me. God created him just like he created the white American, just like he created the, the Latino, just like he created the, the Asian person. He created all of us. God did not create evil. So do not think that just because there are people out here who hate and choose to hate and choose to act out in violence against another race because of their race. That that's God creating that. No, God created people. People created hateful people. If you ever think about how when you see a KKK meeting on TV or you see it in the movies, you go, how did they get, how, how did they start thinking that way? Their parents taught them that. Their community taught them that. They taught them to hate from birth. And I was telling my children this the other day. Because they were asking that question. Why do white people hate black people? And I had to tell them that all white people don't hate black people. Just like all black people don't hate white people. But there are people. There are families who have been groomed. And who have been taught. To hate another race. Because they are different than them. Just And I had to tell them. Just like we teach you. When you're born. About Jesus. About God. About the Holy Spirit about how to love people. There are other people who tell you 
that tell their families, who tell their children, do not touch a black person because they're dirty. Do not talk to them because they're evil and they're only going to hurt you. And it is so sad to think that a child is born into a community like that, into a family like that, who have been taught from one generation to the next generation how to hate. That's why when, when we see police officers killing black people because they're black, because they're so scared of them, they were taught that. They were groomed, they were groomed that way. Not only in the police academy, not only in their training, but they were taught that at home. And that seed that was planted so many years ago when they were a child is still there. So when you when you see it happen, you shouldn't. It's yes, it should be a shock that it happened because we should. This is it should not be a normal thing to see black people killed in the street like animals. But when you see it after after the shock goes away, don't think how could they do that. Think oh I know why they did that. They were taught to hate. They were taught to fear another person just because of the color of their skin. That's why we have to teach our young people at an early age how to love one another. How to see themselves first as a child of God. And then see their race. For so many years, our children don't know they're black. They don't know they're white. They don't know they're Spanish. They don't know they're Asian. They don't know it until they until someone tells them. Take if you can take a moment. Think back to when you were in elementary school. Do you remember when you were told you were black? Do you remember when you were told you were white? Do you remember when you were told you were Puerto Rican or Cuban or uh, Mexican? Or that you were Chinese or Vietnamese or Korean. I know for me, I didn't understand it. It's like you know, but you don't know. Of course, you may have black symbols or black, you know, black proud symbols in your home, or you may have um, symbols in your home that express being proud of your heritage and your culture. But kids aren't talking about. Oh, I'm so proud to be black on the on the playground. They're talking about um I like can we play ball? You want to uh, play basketball? Do you want to jump rope? They playing tag. They saying na na boo boo, I see you. You can't fool me. I fool you. That's what they're saying. They're not saying black I'm I'm black and I'm proud. They're not, you know, boricua boricua. They're not doing all that. They're just being kids. And it's sad when our kids grow up hating other people as adults because they were taught the wrong thing. And I had to ask God to forgive me for all the times that I looked at my fellow black American as threatening because of the color of his skin at nighttime. 
if I'm walking by myself. Why? Because I saw it on TV in a movie. When a white woman was, was walking by herself and a black man was walking up behind her, but he wasn't trying to hurt her. But that's what the movies tell us. That's what the TV tells us. And you wonder why. There are some families who don't teach their children to hate, but our media teaches them to hate. Our media teaches them to fear. That's why when you see so many black, only black shows, and you and, and if you're a white American and you think, oh, why they have to have their own? Because we've never had our own. We've never had the positivity flowing through our community, showing us. This is what it looks like to have a have a family together and loving each other. This is what it looks like to have to have your own business. This is what it looks like to go to college and graduate. This is what it looks like to be black and successful, not black and in prison, not black and in jail, not black and killing people. Like the Minneapolis mayor said, being black in America should not mean that you are automatic. Should not mean a death sentence. Exactly what he said. He said being black in America should not mean a death sentence. It should not. I should not be on my hands and knees praying and crying to God when my son tells me he's about to go walk the dog at his dad's house, and I'm I'm afraid. I'm telling him no. Don't do it when it's dark outside. Do it when the sun comes up. But he's trying to get it done before he has to start his schoolwork. And I'm worried. And I shouldn't worry because I'm supposed to pray and not worry. But the climate makes me worry. The climate makes me afraid. And I don't want to be afraid. Because I'm not supposed to be afraid. Because God tells me that he is here for me. And he is going to protect me and my children. And my children's children. And my family and my friends. But to all my black people out there today, and I'm not discriminating against anybody else, to all my black and brown people out there today who have to fight every day to prove themselves worthy of being alive, worthy of being successful in America. I stand behind you. I stand with you. I stand for you. And I will never not embrace all of me anymore. So I wrote this poem. I mean, I guess it could be a poem. It was just, it came to me, like I said, at May 27th, 2020 at 11.33 a.m. After I cried my eyes out. This is what I wrote. And forgive me for crying. I just, very sad about it. So here we go. It's called When I Became Black. When I became black, I was your token friend to get you into the cool spots where you don't fit in. When I became black, my melanin beauty was your art collection, but my life was disposable. When I became black, you loved my hair, but stare at me as I buy products you use to make a profit off a community struggling to self-care. When I became black, you wanted everything about my culture except the rest of me. When I became black, you used my DNA to create your mixed children to keep up with the trend and those damn Kardashians. When I became black, 
Your view, your view of me being lazy with no ambition was your excuse to hate me. When I became black, nigger was your way of keeping me in my place when I didn't even ask to be a part of your race. When I became black, hanging me from a tree was your daily routine like mowing the grass and picking up leaves. When I became black, you killed me in the street like a rodent infected with rabies trying to eat in an alley. When I became black, you saw less of me and made me a victim of animal cruelty. When I became black, you were threatened by the color of my skin that you so desperately want every time the sun shines in. When I became black, I realized I was not like everyone else, but was told by society to talk and be like everyone else. When I became black, I found my strength in my ancestors, my legacy, my bloodline. When I became black, I embraced my walk, my talk, and my culture. When I became black, I no longer was ashamed to check black instead of other on the application. When I became black, whether long hair or short hair, dark skin or light skin, my hair is my crown, my skin is a talk of the town. When I became black, I found me, my race, my humanity. When I became black, I loved me for me. When I became black. And after writing that, I felt better. I felt better not about what happened to George Floyd because we would never feel better. But I felt better of understanding how to embrace my blackness. I still love being Puerto Rican. I still love every piece of me. But I love the black in me also. And there's a song that came to me. And I'm not a singer. <laughs> but I do want to sing it. Um, by um, a group that I love so much. Um, the Black Eyed Peas. <clears throat> and it's called Where is the Love? And it says, People killing, people dying, children hurting, I hear them crying. Can you practice what you preach? Or would you turn the other cheek? Father, 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 help us. Send your guidance from above. Cause people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where is the love, people? Where is the love that's supposed to be among us? Not just in the black community, but the white community, the Asian community, the Latino community. Where is the love? We're supposed to love each other. Like in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're supposed to love each other. Where is the love? And I want to read this to you. It says, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. And I wrote this down after I read the scripture. What love is and what it's not. So what is love? Love is patient, kind, protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves, 
rejoices with truth. And what love is not, love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. And it's not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil. And love never fails. And I wrote those things down after I read that scripture. What love is and what is not. Love is not hate. Love is God and God is love. And because that God does not hate and because God does not hate and because God is love, then we should not hate. Yes, there are some people among us who hate us and we're crying out and we're screaming for them to see us for us and not the color of our skin, but we still must love. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But we have to find it inside of us. Especially my Christians, if you say that you love God, you have to love the enemy as well. You have to lift them up in prayer and pray that God will help their soul, have so much mercy on their soul. And that someone in the police department, someone in their community, someone in their family... will teach them to love everyone. Not just the people who they claim friends, but everyone on the street. We show love when we respect people. That's how we show love. I love you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Up With Tia Monique. This is episode 21. And I just thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you will continue to go out and embrace your blackness. Embrace whatever race you are, but also love the others as well. We are a human race first before we are anything else. And most importantly, we are children of God. I don't care about likes. I don't care about it at all. This is not about the likes. It's not about money. It's all about lifting people up, encouraging people, motivating them, and being obedient to God. So seek God first in all you do. Remember, remember Matthew 6, 33. Remember, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read that about love. And search your heart and see, are you loving the way God wants you to love? Be kind to yourself and other people. Love you love. Love the people around you. And most importantly, love God. Take care of yourself. And until next week, don't forget, um, like, share, and subscribe. Talk it up with Tierra Monique at gmail.com. If you have any questions, talk it up with Tierra Monique on Instagram. You can send me a comment on there as well. DM me. You can leave a comment on any of the platforms whether it's apple google Podcasts, anchor or spotify thank you again for your support and again till next time smooches